All right, back here on Sports 1140 KHTK. Taking you till 6 today. Crossover to wrap up the show. Morgan Reagan joins us at 5. Jason Quick, bottom of this hour. Give us a preview of the Blazers. It's Blazers-Kings getting started tomorrow. Um, and we look forward to that start of the NBA season. So much excitement. In fact, right now in Milwaukee, they're about 30 minutes from tip-off with the Nets and the Bucks. And Adam Silver is handing out the championship. Uh, they're rings, but they look like plates or watches. They are massive. So gaudy. Uh, but well-earned. Congratulations to the Bucks on an amazing season last year. And uh, this is this is the time to celebrate. What a year for them. And you think about the bumps in the road along the way, uh, how they were in trouble. I, I still remember, Chris, the game where I don't know what game it was in the series with Atlanta, but when Giannis landed and his leg Ooh. bent back, I'm like, oh, no. Like, like everyone, I didn't know that we'd even see him by now. It was like, oh, he just tore his ACL. Yeah, like I thought everything that was in there was gone. Yeah. Everything. And then you see him walk off, and I'm like, yeah, but that, he probably just shredded everything. And, he's, and that's what happens with ACL Yeah, He's Like, you always see them walk off. And like, then, oh, they're okay. No, they're really not. Everything's gone. All the parts inside are gone. And it's like, well, they can maybe still beat Atlanta. Maybe. But that's that's where it's going to end, and that's too bad. And then is Giannis going to be the same player? When will we see him again? He came back. He had a great series against the Nets and an incredible finals appearance. And now he's... If not the best player in the league, number one, number two, number three, just awesome. What an awesome story. Going back on the rings, I'm not a big fan of the rings. Okay. I wish they would do medals, like, after the game. Like, right NBA away. finals, done, you get a medal, you won. Because, like, one of the problems is you're never going to keep every single player from the team that won. Oh, that's true. So then this ceremony night, like, tonight then could just be the banner. Yeah. And you have given them the the medal. I would think that you could do like a ring or something like that afterwards. Well, and to be honest, how many players will wear these rings? Now, they're awesome. It's keepsake. It's on a player's hand. It looks different. We've seen about the first six or seven people that went through the line that are average men, right? We'll say ownership. They're probably anywhere from 5'8 to 6'1". And the the rings engulf their hand. Like, yeah. you can't wear that and not get attention. Well, then, like, on top of that, every ring is like, okay, well, we have to outdo right. what it before. Like, if you look at the, if you look at uh, uh, Russell's rings, yes. like, all 11 of them, they look like high school rings. Right. It's like, right. oh, that's cool. Yeah, nice rings. He could wear them. <laughs> but um, this. Even Jordan's rings, like, yeah. oh, they're kind of big. But, but now, yeah, it's, okay. now it's become a, a race to impress and see how much jewelry, uh, see how many diamonds we can get in there, how big we can make it. How you can open them up. Yeah. And there's like arenas inside <laughs> right. the. Ugh. And you're right, though. Like, it could be, I, I can't think of an example right now with, oh, PJ Tucker. I don't know when Miami comes in, but let's say that's several weeks or months in. It's like, oh, it's his ring night. And it's like, well, that's weird. That's, yeah. Now he's trying to beat you on that night. Yeah, I, I kind of like that metal idea. That's a cool idea after the... They did it for Summer League. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right, more to get to on the NBA, more on this Marvin Bagley situation as we roll along here in this hour. And again, coming up in about 10 minutes, your first chance today to win Kings tickets. Uh, we'll tell you about that here in just a few moments. But let's give you a, a new week of NFL action that we had here and a new top five, bottom five around the NFL uh, adjusting after another week. We said each week is another chapter, another chance to learn more about these teams and chances for us to change our opinion. So let's go to the bottom five from 28 to 32, the five worst teams, in my opinion, right now in the NFL after six weeks. They didn't play last week, so they stay in the bottom five. The Jets. The Jets come off a win. They got a win. They're still not a good team. 
We know that. I think they know that. They're kind of rebuilding. We put them at 28. At 29, the Giants, the New York Giants, disappointing performance against the Rams. It feels like they've got their QB, at least they think they do in Daniel Jones. If you've got your QB, you need to be more competitive consistently. I don't. I didn't expect them to beat the Rams. I expected them to compete, to have a chance to win. They had zero chance, and I know they have injuries, but you want to feel good about your franchise QB that he can elevate your franchise. And at this point, that hasn't been the case entirely for the Giants. So they go at 29. 30, the Miami Dolphins. That's a bad loss for them in Jacksonville against the Jags, who, by the in way, I mean in London against the Jags, who, by the way, for the first time in a long time, I got them out. They're not in the bottom five. They only have one win. I was thinking when were you going to put them in there? Yeah, I don't have them in there. I, I'm punishing the Dolphins who have just the one win, which is a, a good one to start the season. They haven't won since. They can't seem to score. Uh, they've played multiple quarterbacks. They were a playoff team a year ago. There's more talent than the way they're playing, but they've been disappointing and putting them at 30. 31, the second worst team, the Houston Texans. They got a week one win. Yes, it was against Jacksonville, uh, but haven't been great since. Haven't been super competitive either. Uh, the Colts got them big time. It's a down year. They're in a mess with Deshaun Watson. That's just sitting out there, too, by the way. No news on Deshaun Watson, where that's going. There was some talk about two weeks ago that, hey, maybe Miami's interested. Maybe some things are starting to move. Uh, nothing going on there. And then 32. Ironically, I think the whole stuff with Gruden has probably hurt that. Hurt it? Yeah, of him going somewhere. Yeah, maybe. Because you can't have someone with those type of. Which we already wondered if anybody could yeah. anyway. But with those accusations and with the league trying to say, like, hey, this isn't us. Right. Oh, but it is. Yeah. Yeah, but but it's not. But, but it, it is. is. Yeah. And dead last, Detroit. I protected you for a while, Lions. I was I was a bigger fan of your coach than I probably should have been. I said, you know what? I didn't like his introductory press conference. I didn't like this whole thing with the kneecaps and all that. But, man, they're competing. They're competing. Oh, they should have beat the Ravens. Yeah, they're really competing. They're fighting. Then it's getting a little bit worse. And a little bit worse, and then a lot worse. And now you've got a coach that's calling out his quarterback, which I'm not even saying is wrong. Um, they're going the wrong way. Maybe they're, you don't say it after the game. Right. And maybe you don't say it at all, but you tell the quarterback. Yeah, I hope he did tell doors. him. I hope he did that instead of just doing it in front of the media. I'm going to believe that he did. He seems pretty transparent, but I don't know that. And uh, they're dead last. I'm going to put the Lions at number Thirty-two. Now let's go five to one. Another tough week here because there's a few teams that probably deserve to be in here, and I've shuffled it a little bit based on the circumstances of last week. The Cowboys didn't have the greatest of wins, but that's a heck of a comeback that they had this last week, and they were in trouble. Uh, they had every opportunity to lose that game, but they have been really consistently good, and Dax had a great season. I'm going to put the Dallas Cowboys right now in my new top five at number five. At number four, a team that did beat Dallas, defending champs, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom and company got a win on Thursday. Um, His offense, and the offense right now is just cruising. They are playing at a high level. They have been playing at a high level. They continue to play at a high level. They're a very good football team. I put them at four. The team I put back at three was a team that did beat Tampa. So you kind of see the progression here. But the Rams at number three. The Rams are the three seed. Baltimore has vaulted all the way up to number two. They've got a really nice win resume here over the last few weeks. They have gotten better since the week one loss. They've won every game since then. We think differently of them now than we did at the beginning. And so I put the Baltimore Ravens at number two. And at number one, it took me a few weeks to get them here. 
The Arizona Cardinals, they're still undefeated. They got some good wins. They continue to be consistent. I really liked the game this last week against the Browns. I thought that'd be a tough game for them. It wasn't. They played well. They've looked good. They're the NFL's only undefeated team, and they've backed it up with strong performances for the most part each and every week. So we're going to keep them there and put them there at number one. Five to one, Cowboys, Buccaneers, Rams, Ravens, and Cardinals. So there you go. There is our top five, bottom five for the NFL. All right, still to come here on the show, as we mentioned, we've got to give you a preview of the Kings and Blazers. That starts the season tomorrow. We'll get the very latest on what's going on with Portland, including the new coach and Chauncey Billups. Kind of the fan reaction, too, in Portland. I'm really curious about that because this has been a consistently good team, but not a consistently great team. So what do the fans in the Northwest think about this Portland Trail Blazer team? They did some tweaks, but mostly around the edges of that roster not a lot of big targets so we'll get with jason quick on that when we come back though it will be your chance to win king's tickets here's how you do it call us now at 1-800-920-1140 1-800-920-1140 we got a king's trivia question coming your way one of two today the next one will be at 5 30 but get on board now see if you can answer that question much more on the nba season opening night and the latest news with marvin bagley when we come back right here on sports 1140 khdk So cool to see the Milwaukee Bucks get their championship rings. I can't even tell you how much I just would love that situation to happen in Sacramento. Uh, Being a part of that with the Sacramento Monarchs was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. It really, really was. And back in 2005, just dream about it, think about it, and hope that it happens in Sacramento one day. Man, good for the Bucks as they're about ready to start the NBA season. They get the Nets. That's always a weird spot, too, for that visiting team that is kind of locked in, especially a team that you beat. If you think about it, the Kevin Durant three that was a two, that close to changing the outlook of that series and the outlook of the history of the NBA playoffs there for both teams. But uh, it's the Nets that are waiting, the Bucks that are celebrating, and game one of the NBA season is about to begin. We do have to give you another um, kind of a sounder update here. Well, another base hit for the Braves. It actually could have been a lot more in the inning in the top of the fifth. Dodgers got a double play to get out of the top. But a run has come in. Atlanta now 5-2, five straight runs for the Braves. They lead the series two games to none. They lead game three, 5-2, as they head to the bottom of the fifth. Um, We're going to get our trivia question here in a moment. Want to kind of go back to some of the news about Marvin Bagley being told that he was going to be out of the rotation on opening night, which is tomorrow night. And then his camp, very critical of that, coming out and making their public statement. Uh, Here's a couple other notes about Marvin Bagley and his contract. This from Bobby Marks, who's a friend of the show we've had on many times. One thing to keep in mind with Marvin Bagley III is the starter criteria in his contract. This, again, from Bobby Marks. If Bagley does not start 41 games or play 2,000 minutes this season – his qualifying offer for next offseason will drop from $14.8 million to $7.3 million. So that's another reason why I'm sure his agent has come out to say the things that he did. Um, but if we look at Marvin's history, he has now played, this is going to be year four. 
He has only started 41 games once. That came last year when he started 42 of the 43 games he played in. His first year, he started four. His second year, he started in six games. And then minutes, the 2,000-minute total. Uh, Let's look at that. He has, in his rookie season, played 1,567 minutes. That's the most. Last year, 1,112. His middle year, when he played the 13 games, played 334 minutes. So those are going to be tough numbers for him to hit. They really will be. Um, And at this point, Marvin's career hasn't played out the way he or anyone else had hoped. And so his opportunity to make that next big contract has been hurt. And I don't know that that next big contract is coming. He probably has to be in a situation where he gets reps, plays, proves himself again, and then gets paid later. And that's a tough spot to be in, but he's also only, what, 22 years of age. So he still has time, but he's got to stay healthy. And maybe he still produces for this team, but in the very short term, it looks like he is out of the mix. So we'll talk more about that coming up with Morgan Reagan at 5. All right, now is your chance, though, to win tickets to the Kings and Jazz opening night, home opening night. That's Friday, Golden One Center. For tickets and more information, visit khdk.com. All right, so let's do it. Let's start out with Steven. Steven, you're the first one up. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. What do you think uh, this year? How many wins for the Kings? Uh, I'm going to say 42. Okay. So over 500 for the first time in a long time. All right. I like it. I like it. Well, here you go. You get to go first. You get the first crack at this trivia question. Name the two teams. Yesterday kind of was on the positive side. I was looking for the team the Kings had the longest win streak against. Well, now we're looking for the two teams the Kings have the longest losing streak against right now, actively. Who are those two teams? I'll say the Warriors and the 76ers. The Warriors and the 76ers. That is incorrect. They Thank own you, the Warriors. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Michael, you're next on Sports 1140. Hey, Michael. Howdy. Um, I'm going to say the uh, Portland Trailblazers. Okay. And the Phoenix Suns. And the Phoenix Suns. Incorrect. Remember, the Kings opened up the season, the game two with a win against the Suns. They were 2-0 and to start last year. So we're looking for the two teams the Kings have the longest current losing streak against. Troy, you're next. Hey, Troy. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How about you? How many wins for the Kings this year? Uh, I'm going to be optimistic. Uh, like the first caller, I'm going to say 43. 43. You went one up on them. Okay. Uh, what do you got for an answer in this trivia question? Who are the two teams the Kings have their longest streak against, losing streak against? I'm going to say the Utah Jazz. Okay. And I'm going to say the second team is uh, the Denver Nuggets. Okay, the Jazz and the Nuggets. Incorrect. Remember last year the Kings swept Denver. They have a three-game win streak against Denver right now. So we're still looking for that at 1-800-920-1140. Remember, tonight in the NBA, you got the Lakers and the Warriors coming up, and the first game is going to be the Nets and the Bucks. Those are the four teams playing tonight. Let's try Tony. Tony, you're next here on KHTK. Hey, Tony. Hello. Uh, do you have a guess to our trivia question? Uh, I'm going to say the Blazers and the Hawks. The Blazers and the Hawks. That is incorrect. Incorrect. 1-800-920-1140. 1-800-920-1140. If you know the two teams, the Kings currently have their longest losing streak against. That'll get you two tickets to go see the Kings take on the Jazz on Friday. Donald. Hey, Donald. 
Hello. How about you? What do you think about the Kings' guess- outlook this year? How many wins for the Kings? Well, I think uh, with the the inclusion of Mitchell into the uh, the lineup, I think they're going to be at least a 500 team. Okay, I like it. All right, now how about the... 41, 41 wins. All right, all right. What do you think for the uh, trivia question here? Well, I would have to go with probably... Oh, um, I'm going to say um, Milwaukee and Philadelphia. Okay, oh, Donald... You have helped out fellow listeners out there. You have one of the correct answers. So we've heard one of the correct answers. That hopefully will help you. Is it Luis? Luis, you're next. Yes, hello. What's your guess? My guess is the Clip Show, the LA Clippers, and Milwaukee. Okay. Uh, Nope, not quite there. Thank you, Luis. Uh, Let's see. Is it Hakash? Yes. Oh, good. I'm glad I pronounced that right. Hey, Hakash, what's your guess for the question? The team, the two teams, the Kings have the longest losing streak against. Seventy mm, Sixers and Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets. All right, we are all around this. We are all around this. We have heard the teams. They've been identified. They haven't been put together. Chris, can you put the teams together? Who are the two teams the Kings have the longest losing streak against? Lakers and Clippers. Nope. No, we're going backwards. We're going backwards. All right, again tonight, Lakers, Warriors, Bucks, and Nets get us started in uh, NBA action. Eric. Hey, Eric. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? What's your guess? Pretty good. I'm going to say Bucks and Nets. Bucks and Nets. I kept dropping the hint. There it is. Eric. You get it. Thank you so much. Hang on, Eric. We will get your information. You are our winner of the pair of tickets to see the Kings take on the Jazz. Yeah, after we said about four times, I go, well, coming up next, it's the Bucks and the Nets. Yes, those are the two teams that have the longest win streak against the Kings. We did have a caller just call in and say the Cavs. Well, that was the uh, winning streak, not the <laughs> losing streak. Um, I like that. I like that. Uh, so congratulations. Don't worry, though. We will have another opportunity to win Kings tickets coming up at 5.30 for that same game. So, Eric, congratulations. Hang on there. You uh, are first winner of the day. So, uh, more and more people, though, I'm I'm looking at people chiming in on social media, even on some of our uh, text line comments here about the situation with Marvin Bagley. Um, I I just – the one part I've never liked from Marvin Bagley's camp is is so much of this stuff that – all comes from other people than Marvin, right? We've seen his dad very, very vocal on social media. That one doesn't bother me as much. I don't like the look. I mean, I know De'Aaron's dad kind of got in something. De'Aaron just cut that off right away and said, I speak for myself. I let other, other don't worry about whatever anybody else says. Come to me. I will say how I feel. You'll know how I feel. Um, Marvin had chances to kind of clean up some of that stuff from his dad and never did. I don't know their family dynamic. Um, but it just it just leads you to okay, is this how he feels? I, I that's all we can assume, right? And, unless Marvin says something differently. Now, where Marvin changes that narrative is by all the things he's done, and he's done right. He's coming to camp. He's worked hard. He's worked on his game. He's been a good uh, teammate. He's been supportive. He's said it was his favorite camp he's been in. And I know he doesn't love the news of the team telling him you're not in the rotation on opening night. That's tough. But then the next thing that comes out is your agent kind of blames everyone else, That that's just, that's a bad look. It's a bad look for Marvin. It's a bad look for his camp. And it's not going to resolve anything. I mean, if, if the Kings are truly trying to trade him, 
they're going to trade him anyway, whether or not you are asking for it, whether or not they're doing what they think is best for this organization. And I don't think they wanted to fully give up on Marvin, and they still may not have, but you're not helping in this situation. So um, we'll see where this goes, but for the time being, look for Marvin to be deeper on the bench to start the NBA season for the Kings. Tomorrow, they play the Blazers. Let's get more perspective on what Portland is going to offer in that first game and throughout the season. Jason Quick, who covers the Blazers for the Athletic, will join us when we come back right here on Sports 1140 KHTK. Good. Back tap. Ball comes all the way out to three-point range. It's grabbed by Jones. Swings it over to the wing. Lillard for three. He's got the triple. And for the fourth time this season, Damian Lillard has scored 40 or more points. And two of the times have come against the Kings. It's 115-108. Yeah, Dame's not just a Kings killer. He kills the league. Kings will be facing Dame and the Blazers tomorrow in Portland to start. A new NBA season. That was the G-Man on the call of the call of all the games coming up again right here on KHTK starting tomorrow. So let's get some perspective on what the Kings are going to be facing tomorrow. And I don't know if it's completely new look Blazers, but there are some new pieces there to give us the very latest. Jason Quick does a great job covering this team for a long time. Now with The Athletic joining us here on the show. Jason, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Oh, I appreciate it. Um, what's the mood in Portland to start a season? Because we've seen this team everywhere from, uh, you know, getting to a conference final to kind of just getting in. What's the vibe in the Portland area about what this Blazer team might look like? Well, that's a good question. I think there's a lot of apprehension right now because the Blazers were just brutal in the preseason. Uh, Their defense was shredded. uh, Their offense was the worst in preseason. But you take that all with a grain of salt because – one, it's preseason, and two, uh, the Blazers didn't play their regulars a lot. You know, Damian Lillard wanted to rest after a a pretty tough summer uh, playing with the Olympics. He was beat up a little bit. And um, so they played a lot of their, you know, secondary players. Um, but the hope is, is that, uh, you know, they have a better bench, particularly defensively, uh, Ennis Cantor and Carmelo Anthony, who were their two main bench players last year, who were just brutal defensively, they're gone, and they've been replaced by Cody Zeller and Larry Nance, who are both kind of regarded as, if not plus defenders, uh, solid defenders. So, you know, defense is the big the big thing with Portland, as you guys know in yep. Sacramento. It was Portland and Sacramento, the two worst uh, defenses in the NBA last year. So. Uh, new coach Chauncey Billups has uh, that's been his talking point has been defense and um, so I, I think that's where all eyes are going to be on. Yeah, and I kind of want to go there maybe a twofold. We'll start with the Chauncey part because Terry Stotts was very successful, won a lot of games, ultimately not a championship. Was the biggest I don't know if disconnects the right word, Jason, but the biz- biggest reason for his departure was those defense statistics the last couple of years. Yeah, it was defense and then the kind of inability to make adjustments when they got to the playoffs. The Blazers, you know, have made eight consecutive playoff appearances. It's the longest active streak in the NBA, but they were bounced in the first round uh, more often than not, including last year to a undermanned Denver team. And 
Portland just never could make that adjustment, uh, particularly offensively and how how uh, they handled the double teams on Lillard. And, and Lillard, I think, got increasingly frustrated with the way teams were able to kind of shut him down by uh, double teaming and trapping him. So the hope is that uh, Chauncey, he, he's bringing in a new defensive scheme and then also uh, a more inclusive offensive scheme mm-hmm. where it's not going to be all Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. He wants the ball moving and touching more people. Uh, so they're less predictable. I, I know there was a lot of talk about Dame in the off season and, and speculation and even the coaching change. What did he want? Is he happy? Um, do you have any read on that? How happy at this moment to start a new season is Dame Lillard with the Blazers? Well, I'm, I'm just about to publish a story in the athletic uh, about this where Damian Lillard says emphatically, I am not leaving Portland. Mm. It's not going to happen. Uh, and the reason I, I pulled him aside and I said, when did this shift? Because I talked to him a lot through the summer and he was frustrated. Uh, and it was to the point where he was considering, you know, what life outside of Portland would look like. But he said what changed him was a series of conversations over the summer with Chauncey Billups. And uh, at the core of that was what it takes to be a winner and what it takes to be, uh, to build a winning team. Obviously everyone knows Chauncey Billups led the 2004 Pistons to the NBA title. He was named the finals MVP and Lillard has just been almost obsessed with this idea of winning a title last year. Uh, you know, not a lot of people know this, but he went kind of behind the scenes and sought out Greg Popovich and said, how did the Spurs do it? What do I need to do as a leader of a team to help, you know, get this team to the next level? And so he's been seeking out people uh, throughout his career to gather info and, uh, and, you know, experiences of how to win a title. So now he's got a coach who's actually won a title as a player. Uh, and the way that Chauncey, uh, has been able to reach him. Uh, it really resonated with Dame. And, and Dame said, for the first time, I've got a coach who sees the game the way I see it. And uh, a lot of that was before he even told Chauncey how he felt about this or that or this player. Chauncey verbalized it to him, and it really was a big deal to Dame that, God, I've got a guy who not only played the game but sees the game the way I do. And you know, I, I've been I've been around the NBA for a long time. I've covered the Blazers for 25 years, and I didn't realize what a great communicator Chauncey Billups is. He has a way with people, where he inspires. He he leaves you jazzed, and he has a way just of connecting and getting across his message that is really powerful. And I think everyone on the Blazers has uh, has felt that. It's been touched by that. And his big thing uh, is I'm going to hold people accountable. And he, he says, I'm going to put an address on it instead of in a, in a film session saying, look, we messed up here. He's going to say, Dame, you messed up mm-hmm. here. That's putting an address on it. You know, it's not just going to be spoken in generalities. It's going to be, you messed up here. You need to do better. And 
but that resonates with these guys. It, it, it's not, you know, a lot of pro guys, I think if a non-NBA player did that, took that tactic, they could get offended by it or, sure. or ruffled by it. But uh, his way of reaching these guys uh, appears to be working in it. And it really resonated with the guy who matters, which was Damian Lillard this summer when he was kind of wavering between, do I want to return to Portland or not? And uh, so to answer your question, Damian Lillard made it clear today he is not leaving Portland. He said it in exactly these words. It's not going to happen. What a testament of what you say about Chauncey and certainly what Dame has validated to you as well as we're talking with Jason Quick, covers the Blazers for The Athletic. You'll get to see that piece on The Athletic. Obviously, when you have that release, that'll be fun a fun read because to me as an observer, hearing Dame in the summer, Jason, I kind of wonder, ooh, this, this is going along the lines of others, stars that maybe yeah. felt disgruntled. And then to watch what the Blazers did in the offseason, I felt, oh, this is a big one for them. And to me, on the outside, it looks like they kind of worked things on the fringes and on the edges and didn't really attack a lot of the core. But maybe that worked out okay if, if Dame is truly, truly happy. So as the roster's constructed, do you feel like they're better suited to start this year? I do. Um, just because of what I said earlier, that you know where they got really crushed was – their second unit and particularly defensively. I mean, Carmelo Anthony was just a sieve and Ennis Cantor wasn't much better. And so where they particularly lost the playoff series against Denver was that second unit was going like, you know, minus nine, minus 15 per game. And so that was really tough to overcome. But a big thing too was in free agency, they were able to retain Norman Powell. And when Powell came to the Blazers uh, at the trade deadline from that point on to the end of the season, they had the second best uh, offense in the NBA. And I think they were 21st defensively. So a little bit improvement there overall, that starting unit of uh, Lillard McCollum, Powell Covington and Nurkic had the fourth best net rating in the NBA. Uh, so they're, they feel good that they have one of the best starting lineups in the NBA where they really needed to uh, bolster things was the bench. And they feel like Nance and Zeller will help them in there. And then they're hoping for uh, Anthony Simons and the Sear Little, two of their youngsters, to pop this year. Yeah. And even the preseason game, granted, you, you mentioned a lot of guys didn't play. Kings were up there last week. Uh, I liked what I saw in Dennis Smith Jr. It's you know he's still a young enough guy in the league. I don't know where he fits in with their with the team, but it's kind of buying low, seeing a, a you know could be a high re- uh, reward potentially for the Blazers if he gives them anything kind of in that deeper bench role. Yeah, I mean he he will not start the season in the rotation. Chauncey Billups said, but uh, it it was really a no brainer for him to win that final roster spot on the Blazers. He was going against Marquise, Chris, uh, Quinn cook and Patrick Patterson. Chauncey Billups said, uh, 80% of the time, uh, he was outstanding. And there were days where he was the best player, including everyone on the court. Wow. So, uh, that's a big deal for Dennis Smith jr. He's a really great kid. Uh, and he, he knew that this was a, you know, a pivotal point, a crossroads in his NBA career, and he played like it. He played like his back was against the wall, and 
but he will not be in the rotation when the season starts. Gotcha. As we talk with Jason Quick, covers the Blazers for the Athletic. You mentioned Norman Powell. Wanted to bring up and maybe tie these two teams together. They're going to play Lillard, McCollum, and Powell. Technically, one of them's the small forward. We know it's positionless basketball. But it's kind of three guards. I think Coach Walton wants to play three guards a lot, whether that's Fox, Halliburton, Terrence Davis, um, Davion Mitchell, or Buddy Heald. How, how is – you gave some of the numbers. I think that three-guard lineup worked for them. How do you think it might work for, for the Kings trying to play that extended minutes? Well, I'm not a fan of it, uh, to be honest with you. I, I think I think it can help you win – over the course of a season, but when you get into playoff basketball, which is really the goal here in Portland, I, I think it ends up hurting you uh, because especially in the West, when you're going to have to guard guys like Kawhi and LeBron, uh, you know, even Luca to a degree, uh, those are bigger guys. And, you know, we're talking about six, three players. Hmm. Uh, and so I, I think it can, help you get to the playoffs but it's once once you get to the playoffs how is that going to work out for you and I, I think it it shows that our history shows that it's not a winning formula yeah cj mccollum last year was playing like an all-star before he got hurt what kind of year do you expect from him uh i mean i <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he'll be like CJ always is. I think he'll have his big nights uh, and he'll have his nights where he's three for 17. Mm. Um, and, you know, the big question with CJ is he's going to have to improve his defense along with Willard. And that's, that's been one of Chauncey Billups' big things is getting the two star guys to buy into the defensive end. Um, but you're right. I mean, CJ was having his best year as a pro last year before he, he broke his foot in the 14th game. Uh, I'd like to see a, a bigger stretch of uh, or a bigger body of work before I think that he's going to be an all-star or in the all-star conversation again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was not good in the playoffs. He was one of the reasons that probably the biggest reason that uh, outside of the bench that they didn't beat Denver was he was outplayed by Austin rivers and, uh, and, you know, not too many people expected that. So this is going to be a big year for CJ and I, I, I think his future in Portland because, you know, they've tried this combination of Lillard and, and McCollum for so long and they've been so stubborn that this is the way to go. But I think if they have one more year where it doesn't work, then I, I think you start you have to start looking at major changes and he's probably the the area where you make that major change yeah and and lastly for you jason as you've watched dame and you've watched this team as you said 25 years um uh, you know i don't know where the range ends for him he shoots that so him and steph the the game has changed as we know like so much deeper threes the logo threes that he's been able to take should we expect even more of that this year i mean i just can't believe how far out his range is right now you know what i don't think he's gonna have as long a leash as he did under uh, Terry Stott. Interesting. Uh, You know, Chauncey Billups has talked a lot about the Blazers three point shots that he, he wants open three point shots Mm. and uh, he, he wants to work inside out, which is definitely different approach than Terry Stott's. And one of the things that I think was a weakness of Terry was he basically let Dame and CJ play free 
you know, and they there was really no repercussions for a bad shot or bad defense. They're going to play 36 to 38 minutes. You can take as many shots as you want, any quality of shot you want, and there was really no repercussion. It doesn't sound like that is going to happen under Chauncey Billups. At least that's what he's saying. So I, I think we'll see a more disciplined uh, Damian Lillard this year. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure he'll still fire off the 37-footer <laughs> every once in a while. Sure. And that's, yeah, he, he shoots a pretty good percentage from uh, from that depth. But I, I think initially, at least, uh, Chauncey Billups wants to see more ball movement, more of the ball inside, and have that kind of uh, interior play create outside shots. Uh, you know, in, in the the phrase you'll hear a lot with Chauncey Billups, particularly early in the season, is we're trying to break a lot of bad habits. Mm. I think I think a lot of those long, uh, forced three pointers are some some of those bad habits. All right. Well, we'll see how it all goes. It gets started tomorrow. Kings and Blazers in Portland. Uh, Jason Quick covers the Blazers for the Athletic. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us, Jason. Enjoy the season coming up. You bet. We'll see you. All right. Thank you. That's Jason Quick. And interesting what he said, really, certainly about um, the Blazers, about their defense. I mean, a lot of the same things that we have been saying about the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, the Blazers were awful defensively, but they still got to 42 wins in a 72-win season and made the playoffs. Um, But if you look at what they've done, and and people do this every once in a while, right? The Blazers, let me look back at what season this was. The 2018-19 season. They made it to the conference finals in this one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight-year run, as he addressed. So you're thinking in, three years ago, you make it to the conference finals. Here's Lillard and this group just really starting to hit their stride. They lose to the Warriors, but that's okay. It's like, hey, we're just beginning. Like this is this is we've been a playoff team, but now we've advanced. Well, here we go. Well, the next year they lose in the first round. The year after that they lose in the first round. In this eight-year run, one, two, three, four, five of the years were first-round losses. Two of the years losses in semifinals and then the one in the conference final and I still wonder about yes a coaching change might help them attention to defense should help them I just think they did too much around the edges here um, and and putting a lot of blame on that second unit I, I know it might be better but your main players that are going to be playing uh, still have to defend better and that's Dame and that's CJ and that's Nurkic and that group's still there. Covington was brought on to be that defensive player. Remember, uh, Derek Jones last year was starting because we want to be a better defensive team. That's what the Blazers were thinking. And yeah, Carmelo played, but Carmelo gave him some offense. He wasn't a great defensive player. So have they done enough defensively? Interesting that he said he was not a fan of the three-guard lineup for them, and, and he's talking about postseason concerns. Oh, I'd love to have that concern for the Kings. They got to, they they you know crawl here before they can walk and walk before they can run i'd love to see them team uh, get to the postseason and and the concern is well they can't handle another team because they're too small that'd still be a good problem for this team to have so we'll see about the blazers again addressing this lineup on the fringes is what i think they did and i don't know if that's going to be enough for them to be one of those great teams in the western conference i mean i just don't look at them that way and uh, good team dame lillard will be fantastic Norman Powell was a good addition for them, but you know, losing a guy like Gary Trent, who was a nice piece to them. Now you're asking people that haven't done it consistently, Anthony Simons, uh, they have Ben McLemore back, Zeller. This would be a good opening matchup uh, for the Sacramento Kings. Uh, let's update you on what's going on in the uh, NBA. That wimpy deer. 
Yeah, that wimpy deer is the Milwaukee Bucks. Put some respect on it. That's the defending champs, current linear champs. Uh, they gave up the first two points of the year in in a game, Chris, that has Drew Holiday, Lopez, Middleton, Giannis, KD, Blake Griffin, even uh, James Harden. The first points of the NBA season went to Nick Claxton. Sounds about right. Yeah. He had a chance at the free throw line, missed both, but he did get the first basket of the year and the first points. Uh, right now, though, it's 22-12, Milwaukee with the lead. Milwaukee. Milwaukee, and Giannis, oh boy, he looks rusty. 11 points, 7 rebounds, an assist and a block. He has missed 6 shots, though. So um, you were talking about the uh, the ring ceremony earlier. Yes. Have you seen the whole setup for the ring? What, for the actual ring or what yeah. they what, no what do you mean no, I, like all the, the stuff that's whistles. on the ring no uh, um it's just like i said with uh it opens up and oh it does it opens up there's a, a piece that comes out so you can make it a necklace and also there's a qr code inside the ring that when you open it it shows highlights of the season oh, that's actually pretty cool I, like when i saw that i'm like okay you okay. got that you got that but if it's think about that, what you just said, if it's big enough to open for the chain of the necklace, is that what's in there? So I believe it comes out like the face of it comes out, and then there's like a little tiny spot where you could put like a chain. Okay, so the chain's not there, but there's something that opens to like yeah. maybe, maybe a hook to make it a yes. Wow. If you won that, what are you more li- if you had that? Are you more likely to wear it as a ring or a necklace? Sell it. If you were more likely to wear it as a ring or a necklace, oh man, I can I couldn't see myself. I would I, be, I'm not a jewelry person. And I then, would be like worried about wearing it. Yes, for your life. Like, yeah. okay, it, I'm gonna get hit in the head, and someone's gonna take this from me. Yeah. Um, a necklace, I guess you could hide. Now I'd feel like your, you know, your neck would get hurt. It's like a weight that you're carrying. A ring, there's no way to hide that. None. I guess you can hit someone with it if they're coming. Yeah. That's not your ring yet. Yeah, is I left all the diamonds in your cheek. It's uh, no, it's, uh that was a very big plot point of Ace Ventura: Pet Detective. Good point. Um, that's clearly one. If I had it, I wouldn't sell it. But that's a keepsake. That's staying yeah. somewhere uh, in a safe deposit. Depends box. on what my job is. The on box. the team, yeah. Say they gave it to you like the ushers. Yeah, I'm selling it. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because and like the thing, I don't know if they are giving it, but I remember the Cubs had something like that where like every employee got it. And, like, some of the employees are just like, well, I'm going to have to pay taxes on it. I want to say that they gave them money to pay for the taxes on it, but they also wanted them to sign something saying that they couldn't sell it. And that's just weird. I honestly can't remember about the taxes with the monarchs if that happened. Wow, you make that much? No, I can't remember if they did. No, because it wouldn't be that. It would be, did they tax you on it uh, as income? They should. Well, I thought only if you sell it. Like, if you haven't sold it. But you're still getting Something that's worth whatever. Yeah. I don't even know what that ring was worth, and I know it was oh, yeah, allegedly wink, worth wink. a lot. No, I, I don't. <laughs> we did get a piece of paper that validated, like, yeah. it's authentic. I mean, it's all attached. I mean, I've kept it all in the same keepsake, but I think I – you've seen it? I brought yeah, it in here maybe two or three times yeah. ever. I just – I put it on. It's cool. It's heavy. It's got yeah. – like, you can't wear it. Like, it's just – and it has your name. Like, that's the part, like, if it says Verlot on the side or Champ or Chris – yeah, you could sell it, and they, I guess athletes have done it, and you're like, oh, I've got – that's kind of the charm. Like, I've got this Kevin Garnett's ring or whoever the player might be. 
Yeah. But, but see, like, I wouldn't want it in my house. Yeah. Something I think that ex- I can't have something that expensive inside my house. I think that's where you'd go. Maybe you now you're now I'm begging here. But if they won two, so then you're like, OK, I'm going to sell one. But I do want to have one. But <laughs> you know what I do? I sell it and then buy one of those replicas that they sell <laughs> yes. for like 150 yeah. bucks. Who would know the difference? You keep it in a box. I mean, oh, someone stole it. Yeah. Oh, well, I sold the real one for X amount of grand, whatever it would be. All right. The Bucks off to a great start. 31 to 15. This is when Kyrie should have should jump, come out of the locker room saying, I, I got the test, uh, the vaccine two weeks ago. I'm eligible. Um, good start for the Bucks. They're up big, 31-15. Dodgers still in trouble, 5-2, bottom of the sixth, as they trail two games. You went a little Vince Cooley right there. Did I? Yeah. Dodgers. Bottom of the seventh. In the bottom. Farmer John. Um, all right, when do we come back? In our final hour. Uh, let's tell you this first. Capital Casino is back with indoor gaming and dining located inside at 411 North 16th Street in downtown Sacramento. In the final hour, we will have the crossover. We will have another opportunity at 530 for you to win Kings tickets for the opener against the Jazz. But up next, Momo, Morgan Reagan will join us. You're going to get to see a lot of Morgan coming up. New pre-half and post duties for her on the TV side. We'll talk to her about that. We'll talk to her about the Marvin Bagley news of the day, King's expectations. The NBA season is here. Morgan Reagan visits with us next here on Sports 1140 KHDK.